Main Street to Wall Street. Global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Throughout my career, I've rubbed elbows with a good number of famous people, including celebrities and politicians. Today, we're all in the presence of royalty, America's rib king. And if you like your barbecue, you definitely heard about Dave Anderson. He's the founder of Famous Dave's, a national chain of restaurants. And I'll be asking about what makes him so famous. Besides, who doesn't love barbecue? I'm shooting this episode live from Biz TV in Dallas, Texas. Hey, I want to get right to it. You know, I'm from South Dakota. We love our meat up here. You know, everybody knows I'm a big fan of bacon. Dave, I have to ask you right off the bat, tell us where and how did you develop a passion for barbecue? You know, I'm often asked that question, and I can honestly say that I never really got into barbecue more than I was born into barbecue. My dad's a full-blood Choctaw Indian from Idabel, Oklahoma. And if anybody knows where uh, Idabel, Oklahoma is, it is as far in the southeast corner as Oklahoma as you can get. And then my mom is from the Lacouture tribe up in Hayward, Wisconsin, which is way up north. And a lot of folks often ask me, they said, well, how did some Indian kid from way down south ever meet some gal from way up north? And, um, you know, the unfortunate part about my story is that both my parents, this generation, not in Abraham Lincoln's day or George Washington's day, but both my parents were orphaned by the Bureau of Indian Affairs and stuck in Indian boarding schools. Now, mm -hmm. fortunately for me, uh, my, my dad met my mom at Haskell Institute, and then they moved to Chicago um, where all the jobs were after World War II. Uh, but this is where my story begins because I can remember as early as 1959, standing in line at Lem's on the south side of Chicago, eating rib tips. So as far back as sure. uh, back in the 1950s, I can remember how, how passionate my dad, being from Idabel, Oklahoma, way down south, right in the heart of Bible, uh, the Bible Belt, where uh, barbecue, southern home cooking is really what it's all about. My dad always, always was very fond of his homemade, made from scratch, southern home cooking, and his barbecue. You know, you, you talked about your, your mom and father coming from that Indian school heritage. Now, a lot of people don't know that. Being in South Dakota, I know about how that was forced upon the Native American people for so long. Do you think that that desire to overcome has been instilled in you and makes you part of being an entrepreneur today? You know, I, I really think that uh, my family and the famous Dave story can be, uh, is really the all-American dreams come true where you start with humble beginnings. Uh, you know, I wasn't born on the right side of the tracks, wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Um, and I can remember, uh, you know, even though my family worked hard, uh, it seemed like we always were looking for ways to make ends meet. And one of the things that my mom did was to raise extra money to pay the bills is we would set up an Indian fry bread stand at oh, wow. Indian powwows 
And yep. it was at these Indian powwows where I learned how to cook. I learned how to smoke and roast meats from my dad because we would roast uh, venison and make uh, venison fry bread sandwiches along with the wild rice soup that we had hand harvested the wild rice. Uh, so from an early age, I learned how to smoke and grill meats from my dad. I learned how to appreciate uh, all kinds of barbecue because um, one of the interesting things about my dad's story and my mom is that when they first got married, my dad was so insistent on having his Southern homemade foods that he used to haul my mom down South until she learned how to cook Southern. And <laughs> so I grew up in a family where cooking Southern was, was a passion. And I always knew that my family was different growing up on the West side of Chicago, because when all the other kids on the block were uh, going out for hot dogs and pizza and burgers, my dad was packing us up into the family car and we were headed down to the South side of Chicago where my dad knew every black owned storefront barbecue joint. And uh, even to this day, some of those uh, storefront barbecue owners are still fr really good friends of mine. So I, I, I think, you know, the, the famous Dave story, my story really is humble beginnings where, you know, if you saw a picture of the lean-to, which was made out of uh, young sap, uh, tree saplings covered with a tarp, that was my first restaurant. That's where it all started. Uh, so really the famous Dave story is about humble beginnings, starting off with nothing, overcoming many adversities, and never ever giving up on a dream, which goes to prove that it doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter what you've been through, is that in this great country, if you're willing to work hard and you never ever give up on your dreams, amazing things can happen. C-Suite Radio. So true. I have to ask you one more native question, just because you, you're talking fry bread, which you're talking my language, man. I love to go to those wasipis, the powwows. Did you ever do any dancing? Were you ever a dancer? You know, when you are raised in a, an American Indian family and you go to powwows, I've had my share of getting out there, but uh, usually, uh, you know, my family was cooking at these powwows. Yeah, you, everybody's got a role. I mean, I love to go to those on the Pine Ridge and Lower Brule and a whole bunch of different reservations over the years. And I love the fancy dancers and I love the, my favorite of the grass dancers, the guys that are stomping down the grass so that you have the field that you can be able to do that. I got to jump in more about barbecue. You have over 700 awards under your belt. Is that what makes you famous? To what do you attribute the success of being famous? You know, um, uh, the, getting the famous name was almost uh, uh, should, probably should have happened. Uh, what was uh, going on was uh, we were looking for a name for the original famous Daves. And uh, uh, the, on the road out to where the, the, we built our first restaurant, there's Dave's Boats, Dave's Guns, and Dave's Antiques. And so naturally, I thought the best thing that I could do was have Dave's Famous Barbecue Shack. But then you know, we, our printer made a mistake on our business cards. And when I looked at the business card, it said Famous Dave's Barbecue Shack. And I went, oh, you know, <laughs> I, I thought, wow. Uh, and then my wife, in, in all her wisdom, said, 
just leave it. You know, nobody will ever know we're up here in the North Woods because I was concerned about famous Amos cookies and I thought maybe they tough. might get mad, yeah. but uh, uh, we, we became famous Dave's. But, you know, really the heart and soul of the famous Dave story is that we got started in the little town way up in the North Woods of Wisconsin. I mean, we were out in the boondocks. We really weren't even in the town of Hayward. We were eight miles outside of town uh, on a little road on a lake and people would drive by and they'd see me building this uh, this building and they would say, Dave, what are you doing? And I would tell them, I'm building the world's best rib shack. And they would look at me and I'm telling you folks, when you're doing things that is unexpected, people often laugh at you. And I can tell you, they laughed at me and they would say, Dave, are you crazy? You're building a rib shack in the North Woods of Hayward, Wisconsin? Why? There ain't anything but Swedes and Norwegians up here, and none <laughs> of them have a clue about barbecue. But yeah. folks, I stay true to my dreams. I kept building that rib shack in, in a little town of only 2,000 people, way up in the northwest corner of Wisconsin. By the end of that summer, I was serving almost 6,000 people a week, and I never advertised. And that's the power of having a dream and never, ever giving up on your dream. But, you know, one of the things I'd like to share with you, uh, sure. is one of the things that I feel is really one of the cornerstones of my success and that, uh, and I sort of got this from early on when uh, folks would say, you know, if you were to take your dreams and prioritize them and put benchmarks on them, you will create your, your dream list or your goal list. Well, I did something very similar. When I started Famous Dave's, I was thinking about growing up in the city of Chicago, and, and I always liked uh, hot dogs. I, you know, if you grew up in Chicago, you got to like hot, hot dogs. You got to like you got to like hot dogs. That, that is for sure. And, and I always thought that I loved the hot dogs at this one place. I loved the the French fries at this one other restaurant. I loved the other place that had fresh uh, made milkshakes and malts. And, and then I also liked the hospitality of this other hot dog joint because when I walked in there, the, the, the guy always knew my name and he'd say, Dave, how you doing today? And so I often wondered how come you couldn't get the best hot dog from this place, the best French fries. And, and as soon as I got my driver's license, I did that. I, I went and got the milkshake because that would last. And then I went and got the hot dog. Then I went and got the homemade cut French, uh, homemade fresh cut French fries. And, and I had the perfect hot dog meal. And so when I was creating Famous Dave's, I remembered that story, and you'll never hear this anywhere else, but I created my 100 best of the best list. And so I wrote down all of the things that I wanted to be the best at. I want uh, Naturally, I wanted to have the best ribs in town, the best honey buttered cornbread, the best barbecued pulled pork, the best, the best melt in your mouth, smoky Texas beef brisket, everything on my menu, I wanted to be the best of the best. And, and, but more than that, 
I wanted to be the place that families came to, the best place that uh, families loved, the best place to have on your resume. I wanted to have the best training program. I wanted to even have the best music. And, and, and a couple of things I'll share with you about the music, but I also wanted to have the best bathrooms. In fact, my lady's bathroom, I think is what put famous Dave's on the map because my original lady's bathroom had uh, hand-painted rose basins imported from Italy. I had 24 karat gold plated waterfall faucets. I had a mirror that was surrounded by uh, wrought ironwork. I had uh, the most incredible wall sconces um, and the artwork on the walls. I think most women would be really amazed to find out what that artwork actually cost me. But I knew I had something when after two weeks we were open, I had one lady call me up and she said, Anderson, I'm reserving your lady's restroom for 8.30 this Thursday. I said, what? <laughs> she said, you heard me. I'm reserving your lady's restroom for 8.30 this Thursday. And I said, ma'am, do you got the right phone number? She said, yes, this is Famous Dave's and I'm reserving your lady's bathroom. And I said, whatever for? She said, I'm holding my next cocktail party in there. Uh, it's the first time, Dave. Dave, it's got to be the first time I've ever heard somebody say they're going to a restaurant just for the re just for the restroom, just for the bathroom. You know? That is what I, I coined back in 1994, bathroom marketing. It's really important. And any lady will tell you it's really important. And I knew I had something because women would be lined up and you could all always hear them come running out. They'd grab their best friend, Martha, Martha, you got to come with me. You got to see this bathroom. Where else in the Northwoods of Wisconsin would you ever find a bathroom like that? I mean, it was incredible. But this was all part of my best of the best list. And I started to tell you about the music. This, this is how incredibly detailed I am. And um, my music, I had, uh, I played blues. I, I had the best blues music. I had something like 6,000 blues CDs that I inventoried. And I, I was very adamant that my music had to be between 108 beats per minute up to 116 to 117 beats per minute. I, I had, uh, uh, there was like uh, four songs to a set, two sets to a rotation. Um, and then I had every second set, I would put in a Cajun Zydeco, so Zydeco song just to break it up. But here's the thing. I think a lot of restaurants sort of have like a playlist, but I actually programmed it to your heartbeat. There, you have a resting heartbeat of 70 beats per minute when you're up and about and bouncing around feeling good. Um, you, you start to get up around 115, 120 beats per minute. So I, I had my music where when people were inside my restaurant, you could see their heads just kind of going along with the music. That is the attention of detail that I had in my best of the best list. And so, uh, you know, even when I started, the, when I built my famous Dave's, one of the things I wanted to have was the best hanging flower baskets. And so another thing, which I, I don't know how much time we have today, but along with my 100 best of the best things was I also created what I called my customer touch points. And I have a 400 page book that I've sort of put together 
about everything that could be branded because a customer touch point is a moment of truth that builds the emotional connection between you and your brand. And so part of my best of the best list was uh, having these um, flower baskets along the driveway. And it wasn't because I liked flowers, but I, I had an important mission. And that's the other thing is that every customer touch point should not be just something that you, you look at in your, your place of business, but it should be so important that when a customer's eyes fall on this customer touch point, that it's a moment of truth that is so important. It almost needs its own mission statement. So a lot of people may have enjoyed these flower baskets, but for me, they were very important to the women it, because I didn't want the gals to think that they were going to some uh, man cave for barbecue. And then Which the other thing was I, I had a, um, a big chainsaw carved bear out in front and every family that stopped at Famous Dave's had to stop and get their family picture taken with that bear. And, and that helped share the story of Famous Dave's to all their friends and family. And this was a long time before social media marketing was even a term. Yeah. But back then, my best of the best list. Uh, so uh, kind of what happened was um, I started getting recognized. And everybody knows that every local newspaper, every alternative newspaper, like in the Twin Cities, we have City Pages or Chicago is called The Reader. Uh, you have lifestyle magazines. Every year, these publications come out with the best of the best. And we started showing up that we had the best ribs. We had the best family restaurant. We had the best place to go for business meetings, the best desserts. And so my best of the best list, 100 things uh, really is the foundation for how we started getting recognized and accumulated more best of class recognitions, blue ribbons, uh, you name it, awards by uh, all sorts of uh, magazines, newspapers, everything from the Wall Street Journal to the National Geographic to uh, Forbes Magazine, uh, Midwest Living, uh, local newspapers. We made those best of the best lists because I started out with a goal to have 100 best of the best things that I could excel at. C-Suite Radio. Anywhere. Dave, let me ask you. Let me ask you a couple other questions. Let me jump in here because I, 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 first of all, I got a sense that if you drink coffee, it's not decaf. That's the first thing I'm going to say. So, and a lot of us today are always looking to scale our businesses. Your first restaurant you mentioned was up in Hayward, Wisconsin, land of cheese, not barbecue, and you ex you expanded that to over 100 stores nationwide, even internationally. Can you describe a little bit of that growth process in just a couple of minutes? Sure. Well, our next restaurant, we went into Minneapolis because uh, when I was up at the original Famous Dave's in Hayward, people literally would poke me in the chest and grab me by a shirt sleeve and say, hey, I want one of these restaurants in my hometown. We need good barbecue. So the first Famous Dave's, we went to Minneapolis. We had a little, uh, we found a little uh, abandoned uh, gas station uh, that uh, it was 2,900 square feet. 2,900 square feet with 50 seats. And sure enough, we put our good tasting barbecue in there. It was all about the fun experience, neighborhood uh, barbecue. And by the end of the second month, 
we were doing almost 80,000 a week, which wow. anybody in the restaurant knows is an incredible number, especially when you only have 50 seats. And so I really think the power of Famous Dave's really was, it was the story about how, how I started out with nothing but a dream, a willingness to work hard and to serve the absolute best barbecue that I could make. Make And a lot of that was insistence on getting the right ingredients, the best ingredients, but also always taking care of the guest. Our, our, you know, and that, that's one of the things that I'd like to share that I believe allowed us to grow into over 120 some restaurants that stretch from Washington DC to California up to uh, Oregon and down to Texas is that I learned that a lot of people often fail in life because they are always about what they can get out of life or what they need to achieve. And I really learned early on is that my success was really took off the minute I got Dave Anderson out of the way and I started to focus on the happiness of other people. And I could talk all day on how it's so important to get yourself out of the way. It's not about what you get, it's really what you can do to be a problem solver, to give the best of the best. And, 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 you know, that's one of the things about profit, I think is really misunderstood today is that a lot of people don't understand that profit really is a good thing because what it is, is somebody always giving more than what they are paid. It's somebody giving beyond expectation. And it's really whatever you touch, making it better than it was before. You know, Dave, and you're doing it again. That, what prompted this conversation to begin with is I see that you're now doing it with pizza. So now you're moving from pit barbecue down over to pizza. What made you make that shift? Well, it's uh, something that we've kind of been working on for quite a while. Uh, one of my good friends, Steve Schussler, uh, that uh, I had invested in his Rainforest Cafe back in the earlier days, We've been good friends all along. Steve is a Jewish kid from the from New York City, a great pizza town. And um, anybody who knows Steve Schausser knows that he's a dynamo in his own right. And I'm famous, Dave, creating America's best barbecue. And and uh, and just like when I was holding my backyard barbecue parties, and people would say, "My God, Dave, these are the best ribs. You ought to sell these things." Um, what a lot of people don't know is that all these years, as, as long as I've been ninja on making the best ribs, I've also been very ninja on being the best uh, pizza maker. Growing up in Chicago, I, I love pizza. And, and good, I've been there. Good pizza town. Chicago, a great pizza town. Yeah, you know, not just hot dogs, good pizza, good barbecue. All three of those are in Chicago. Yeah. And so anyway, Steve and I always said, you know, one of these days we got to get together and do something. Uh, because we, we both are very passionate. And so we had the idea of starting Big Dreams Pizza, a lot like I've been sharing. Uh, it's about having a big dream and we want to have the best pizza in town. We, 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 I, I have an incredible, incredible, amazing, tasty pizza that's unlike anything anybody's ever tasted. Been working on the recipe for 15 plus years and uh, people who've had my pizza it's uh, the same thing, like they did the ribs. Oh my God, Dave, these ribs are incredible. You ought to be selling, you ought to be selling these pizzas too. And so uh, Steve and I are 
partnering up and we're going to start Big Dreams Pizza and we're going to feature um, uh, our, our pizzas. And, and But more importantly, we're going to highlight the big dreams of people nationally, locally, who started with very humble beginnings and had big dreams. And we want to share stories that every pizza goes out is that we are inspiring hope with every pizza. We want the kids in our communities to know that even it doesn't matter where they come from or what they've been through, but growing up that they should have dreams. And so we're gonna share stories with every pizza about people in the community who've had dreams, overcome their adversities and have done incredible, amazing things. That's fantastic. Well, two food titans, we've got both yourself and Steve. Steve, we had on our show just another month ago. And so this is just great to be able to see the two of you. I got one last question. Um, how did you go from being a pit master to working as a politician, as the Assistant Secretary of Indian uh, Interior for Indian Affairs under George W. Bush? I know that was one of the roles that you held. How did you, how did you do that? You know, I was really surprised when I got a call from the White House and they said, Dave, your name has been coming up uh, quite often and uh, we would love to have you come and uh, help out the folks in America and serve the White House. Uh, and I think one of the reasons why is that uh, a lot of people may not know this, but our family has been uh, doing a program uh, which provides life skills and career skills to at-risk youth in rural areas as well as on reservation areas. Uh, we have a program called Leadership from the Heart. It's a very intensive uh, workshop that uh, it isn't happy camp singing kumbaya around a campfire, but it's a very challenging course. And we've actually been recognized by Oprah Winfrey. And I was willing, you know, I'm not a politician for sure, but I was willing to take a look at serving uh, our country, especially Indian country with the whole idea. I wanted to turn Indian schools because both my parents went to Indian schools, Indian boarding schools, but I wanted to turn them into leadership academies. And yeah. unfortunately, you know, the politics as it is didn't quite happen, but we made a lot of progress uh, the short time that I was able to serve our country. And uh, the one thing I will tell you that I, I really got a firsthand, uh, I, I got firsthand uh, seeing what goes on in Washington, DC. It, it was very disappointing to me. And that's when I realized that I'm not a politician. I am an entrepreneur, but I left understanding this one thing, that the real strength of America is not in Washington, D.C., but the real strength of America is what we do in each and every one of our communities. In our communities, we are the people who have the dreams. We are the ones that can make it happen. And we are the ones that raise the families in our communities. That's a fantastic way to end this segment of our show. Thanks so much, Dave, for being a part of All Business with Jeffrey Azit right here on C-Suite Radio, C-Suite TV. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. And from Dave Anderson, it was a lot, like a big, huge, juicy slab of ribs. I learned about two things. One, the attention to detail that he talked about, those lists of everything. So he made even the bathroom special. And the second, and I think the most important is, 
no matter where you're from, no matter what your background, no matter what your passion, you can build a massive business around it. And that's what I learned right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on C-Suite Radio and C-Suite TV. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.